it's a it's definitely a matter of experience. I think that I've had the bad experience, all the bad experiences. <laughs> This is Flying with a Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Flight Review and Melbourne Flight Training. I'm David Allen, a student pilot currently pursuing my private pilot certificate. And I'm Derek Fallon, a certified flight instructor and the owner of Melbourne Flight Training. Got a question about flight training or aviation in general? We'd love to answer it. Details about how to send us your questions will be at the end of the show. Now, let's get to the good stuff. All right, groovy. Um, yeah, so yeah, you've Groovy. been, let's, uh, let's just get right into it. You've, um, you've been doing a lot of flying lately. Yeah. What are Tons. you, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you've got, you've, you've been flying Cessna 172s, of course, that's there at the flight school, but you've also spent a lot of time in the Duchess. You've handed a lot of that off, mm-hmm. um, but you're still flying the Cirrus. Yep. And, uh, well, I, I do get to fly them all and that's a pretty big privilege, you know, to be kind of where I'm at in the school. Um, that I get to do a lot of the, I get to train the CFIs and observe the students as they go along their path and then give them a mock style check ride. So I still get to fly all the airplanes because I get to fly with these people when they get to that point in their training. So you're, um, you, when you're doing teaching, you, you know, you own the flight school. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you're trying to do, um, you're doing a lot of, of, of training the trainer. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're making sure your CFIs are teaching their students correctly. Right. And we would call that standardization. Okay. That's so I'm, I'm ensuring that the product that the school is producing is consistent and that all the instructors are on the same page and that what they're teaching is quality rather than just uh, being like a pilot factory or whatever uh, where they're actually getting a little bit of in-depth learning from the senior CFI and they can pass that on to the student. So they, they're like a, an arm of mine that's out there doing the thing. And, and what qualifies you? I mean, other than the fact that you're the owner, right? But what qualifies you to be the guy to teach the, the teachers? Like, well, you know, you've, you've got so many hours, but at what point did you decide, you know what? I think I can, I think I can run a flight school to the point where I'm able to, to t- teach other people, pilots and teach the instructors to teach other pilots i think it's uh, it's a it's definitely a matter of experience um i think that i've had the bad experience all the bad experiences <laughs> like the first guy that. i ever signed off for a check ride it was my first student ever i signed him off for a private pilot check ride this was probably 15 years ago and i never taught him slips Never taught him forward slips to landing. Um, didn't, uh, I, I guess I, I just didn't realize it or just glossed over it. Or maybe I went over it with him one time and then, you know, like it wasn't important or something. And I'm a new instructor, right? So I sent him to this check ride and he goes, and guess what? The DP, uh, the designated pilot examiner is giving him the check ride. And he goes, show me a forward slip to landing here at runway. Uh, th- at the time it was runway eight at Fort Lauderdale. And He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've never heard of that before in my life. And he's like, yeah, forward slip to landing. So the guy failed his check ride, and it was my fault, 100%. I mean, it, it's, it's – so I've, I've made the mistakes. I've seen the bad things happen. I've seen – I've had friends who have been killed uh, in aircraft crashes because they've made critical mistakes. Uh, so, uh, even instructors 
that make critical mistakes because they weren't they weren't using their training. So I try to pass those mistakes on so that people can learn from them. And I think that's that's the only thing that differentiates me from the guy with a wet or brand new CFI certificate. So, so, so somebody who's what, what are you going to tell somebody who is a brand new CFI that is trying to, um, to, to, to begin teaching pilots and, and, you know, the, it's been said, learn from other people's mistakes because you're never going to live long enough to make them all yourself. But if you, you've got another, let's, let's say you got a, a, a pilot who's come up and, and he or she's, you know, got her instrument commercial, you know, and then she's a CFI and she wants to work for you. Like, how are you making sure that you put that much, all that information into this person's head so that they can pass it on? Well, you kind of do it as they encounter things, right? So as they get to the point where uh, they're going to sign someone off for a check ride or what really the big thing that comes up first is I'm a brand new CFI and I'm about to solo somebody and I've never soloed someone before. And I'm standing here with a person who's going to jump in a plane and I have this huge weight on my shoulders and I'm trying to make this decision if they should solo yet or how to do the paperwork right or whatever. So typically the senior CFI will assist that new CFI in not making any critical paperwork mistakes, um, asking them questions about their student's judgment and their student's performance so that they can make a solid decision on whether or not to conduct the solo at that time or not. And that's, I think it's just guidance that you could just pass on as they go, go along. The, the, the terrible thing about the whole flight training industry is that you start out somebody new, right? They're a new CFI and you grow them, you cultivate them. They become a product of your work and your culture and your flight school. And then they get a thousand hours and they leave and they never come back. And they, they, they all that knowledge leaves and goes to a jet job at an airline. And at the end of the day, you're, you're, you start over with another person and it's a beautiful process, but it's very bad for the industry because there's the, the experience doesn't stay where it should. So that's actually some of the, um, some of the questions that, that our listeners, uh, or, or the, the audience has asked. Uh, so we're going to get into that very specific thing. How should a prospective student, for whatever rating, you know, primary training or an, a, a, an advanced rating, how should a prospective student choose uh, a CFI? And uh, by relation, how should they choose a flight school? What questions should they be asking? That's a good question because I get asked questions all the time. I never really compartmentalize them or retain them so that I can bring them back to this conversation. I think what a lot of people are initially concerned about is price. Um, they're shopping price and, but they're, and they're shopping price and they're shopping the service, but not to the extent they're shopping the service to the extent of like availability and timeline and not quality. So a lot of people are going to the bigger flight schools and they're saying, well, this, this bigger flight school, they have 80 airplanes so they can serve me much better. But that's not necessarily true because they may have internal issues with their maintenance department that doesn't allow their airplanes to fly. Even though they may have 80 airplanes out there, they may not be flying them. And they may not be utilizing them properly, right? So then you're stuck waiting for a flight time. Um, or they don't have enough instructors and you're stuck. You know, bigger, bigger organizations, um, they have difficulty, I think, handling the stresses uh, because th their stresses are larger than the smaller school's stresses. So I think the point that I'm getting at is, is you really need to look at the instructor cadre at the school and you need to look at their maintenance department. 
So you need to say, okay, what what is their maintenance department doing to keep their airplanes up? Do they have any airplanes that are like critically grounded due to big problems, like fleet-wide problems? Um, do they have enough instructors? And do they have a solid instructor cadre with somebody at the top who's looking down on everybody going, all right, uh, they're doing a good job. I'm able to standardize them, maintain the quality of the instruction they're providing, and and just be an overseer, be a boss of those flight instructors so that someone is is watching your training the whole time. And if they don't have that, or it could be bad the other way, is that they could have too much bureaucracy. And then you get lost in the bureaucracy. So it doesn't really matter the size of the flight school. If they have a good process uh, and they have like like – you can like almost like an open door policy where you can just walk in and, and get your problem addressed. Um, you're a lot better off than you are in a flight school where they basically just don't care about the students. So I think that's hard to determine for a new perspective flight, flight school candidate. You have to spend some time there. I think that's really what it is. I mean, yeah, I think that, I think you really have to, you have to get in there and, and, and watch, watch a couple lessons, look at their maintenance department and decide whether it's going to be good. And honestly, a lot of people say, Go to the big ones, you'll get done faster. Go to a small one, you'll save money. You need to look at their ratings. You need to look at look at their Google rating. Look at their reviews. Look at their Facebook. People are ruthless. They're brutal in reviews. So if you if you see a school that has all five stars, you know that there's a reason for that. But if you see a school with you know a three out of five, you know read the reviews obviously, but they may have quality issues. What do you say? Um about you know instructors who are only there to build time and i know that you just kind of mentioned that you know you 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 have a cfi who gets to a thousand hours 1500 hours he bails and it's the airlines because that's kind of what the vision was and you say it's a beautiful process but you also you know you, you you also say it's it's a problem with the industry and so you know What's the answer to that? What is the right answer to that? I know you have been an instructor for many, many, many years, and you know you have no intentions of necessarily going to the airlines. So what's, what's the right answer for that? I, I think the right answer is, uh, the, you mean to fix the problem in the industry, or what's my answer to the customer? What is, what is the problem? Is it, is it actually a problem? It's, it's, and, it's compensation to an extent, but it's also, it's also lifestyle. There's also a lifestyle. Uh, instructors are uh, nowadays are compensated much better than they were a decade ago. Much, much better. I mean, a, a decade ago, people were doing it for free. And that's how bad it was. Just to, Just build, to get, time. build flight time, right? Um, but n- now they're compensated, I th- believe, fairly for the type of aircraft that they do and the job that they're doing uh, if they're working for a school that cares about them. Uh, there's a lot of schools now have bonuses for longevity and, and to stay, and, and that's. But I think the lifestyle is like, is, do you want to be home every night? Do you want to not travel? Um, and I think the big problem with that is that most pilots do want to travel. So it doesn't, that doesn't really, you find a few people that are interested in being home every night with the kids, but there's, there's not a lot. Um, but what I tell, what I would say to the customers is, and what, and, and what I would say to the public about learning to fly and babes teaching babes and, you know, having a high turnover rate is simply get over it. That's how everyone does it. That's how the military does it. You know, your your brand new F twenty two pilot could be trained by a first as, first assignment instructor pilot, two hundred and fifty hour jet pilot, 
And here, this guy that's going to go on to fly F-22s for a guard unit is getting trained by another brand new pilot, and he's going to go fly one of the most expensive jets in the inventory when he's done. And then that guy is going to go, and he's going to get uh, some time as an instructor, and he's going to move on to B-52s a year later or two years later. And then he's going to spend nine years in the Air Force, and he's going to move on to flying something else. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be like getting instruction from the wisest Rod Machado instructor in the world, right? You're not going to have like the perfect instructor. Some guys are really good at it naturally, and some guys and girls are just not good instructors. So if you have an issue with your instructor, change instructors. Find a good instructor and stick with it. But that instructor is eventually going to leave too. Guess where, guess where exper- experienced instructors go? Where do they go, Dave? Uh, I'm guessing the airlines. <laughs> well, so a lot of them do, but if, if it's an experienced instructor that stay, that's in GA, a lot of them go on to become DPEs. Or flight school chief pilots, which causes them to also stop flying. <laughs> right, which actually just happened with you. You yeah. just had a your chief your chief pilot uh, became a DPE. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that for 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 your flight school that worked out really well. Right. Yeah. So we have a we have a partnership with Modine Aviation, and he was our chief flight instructor. Still kind of is, um, but he is full time giving check rides. And he uh, he's already kind of embedded in what we do, so it's good to have him on basically on staff there, giving the check rides, which is good. Yeah, like it's, it's really good for us. But uh, everyone is going to move on. You're going to move on. You're learning to fly. You're going to move on. You're gonna even if you're not going to become a professional pilot, you're just getting your private because you want to own an airplane. Most people are going to learn in a 172 and buy a 182, right? <laughs> and never look back. So it, it's everything in aviation is kind of a stepping stone, and uh, and as if you recognize that everyone is learning and moving forward, you'll get over that very quickly, and you'll be able to just kind of work right into the industry, right? And I think it's I think it is kind of um, silly to expect that you know the a pilot is going to remain stagnant. In fact, those are the kinds of pilots that I'm, I'm worried about. So yes and no. Um, I I mean, I'm, I'm all for somebody getting really, really good, uh, the best at what they do, but that means that they continue to learn. It's somebody who gets stuck and doesn't want to learn that that's uh, when complacency sets in, I get worried. As a flight school candidate or as a, as a flight student candidate, you want to, if you find someone who's just been around the airport for 20 years and hasn't gone anywhere, you might want to interview them, sit down with them and, and ask them questions uh, to find out what their motivations are. You want to find out what your instructor's motivations are just as much as you want to figure out what your motivations are. Why are you becoming a pilot? Uh, you want to find out what your instructor is doing. So uh, that can affect your decision making. You know, if you find a, if this just a guy who just does it for the money, you may not want to train with that person because they're going to, you know, try to take every flying dollar that you have. Um, but if you find someone who's just really passionate about it, uh, maybe it's maybe it's a 70 year old retired airline pilot who has a plane on the field. And uh, he was he did everything you could think of in the world before he became a flight instructor and decided to give back. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. You know? Cool. Very good. I think that's probably enough for uh, for this episode. Uh, so we'll wrap this one up, and uh, we'll catch you guys for the next one. Uh, you've been talk. You've been listening to to uh, David and Derek. I'm a I'm David. I'm a prospective student pilot. I have uh, a little over twenty, not quite thirty hours of flight time, uh, getting my private pilot certificate. And you've also been listening to Derek. Derek, you have uh, how many hours? 
I don't know. Something over. I have to look at. <laughs> I have to look at the old log books. Uh, uh, you're, probably you're, close to ten thousand. We're 10. running in the ten thousand hour range these days. About probably around three thousand dual given. That's now. that's amazing. So. You've been a flight instructor for a really long time, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got time and everything down from a one seventy two up to a seven twenty sevens. So cool stuff. Uh, and if you'd like to check out some more of our content, we're creating a YouTube channel called Flight Review. That's at youtube.com slash flight review. And uh, you'll see where Derek gets to teach me how to become a private pilot. And I'm doing it in front of the world. Did you see there was a comment today that someone said I was being too easy on you? Or if you were having too much fun, that like or something, if you're having too much fun, I wasn't being hard enough on you or something like that. I think I, it was Jeff that said that. Oh, was, I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, I need to go back and check funny. it. <laughs> so I guess I got to be harder on you in your flight training. Oh, I don't know about that i'm having i'm struggling already <laughs> so all right we'll see you guys next time on uh flying with a purpose all right see you thanks for listening to flying with a purpose if you'd like us to consider answering your question on the show send us an email to podcast at flightreview.tv that's podcast at flightreview.tv we would love to hear from you also check out the youtube channel at youtube.com slash flight review for the latest flight training episode derek is trying to turn me into a pilot in front of the world finally if you like this show please leave us a review on itunes it really helps us out to have some five-star ratings especially when we are just starting out again thanks so much for listening we'll catch you on the next episode of flying with a purpose (music) 